Amen. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to be in your house virtually this morning. Amen. And I praise God again. As I said, I think the first week we did this for uh, Bedside Baptist Church. Amen. Praise God for your for your uh, attendance as you uh, are comfortable in your abode. Praise God. Let us bow our heads in a word of prayer. Dear God, we are grateful for this day and this time of worship. Uh, we're grateful for the word of God. We're grateful for what you're doing in our midst. Holy Spirit, lead, uh, lead us as we go forward. We humbly ask you in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Amen. So I'm preaching a new series of sermons beginning today uh, called The Blazing Center. The Blazing Center. It is uh, subtitled The Work and Person of the Holy Spirit. Or the Person and Work of the Holy Spirit. The Blazing Center. The person, amen, somebody. Anybody believe in the Holy Spirit? The person and work of the Holy Spirit, the blazing center. And so this sermon is entitled The Work uh, of the Holy Spirit. The work, uh, I'm going to give you some of his person, but it's largely about the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and as uh, Valerie so aptly read, uh, and I had her read, it was my mistake, I had her read two uh, two scriptures. <laughs> the first scripture, the second scripture is the one I'm preaching on today, as you saw at the bottom of your screen, John 14. Amen. Verse 15. Start right there. Look at what he says. He says what? If you what? If you what? If you love me, keep my commands. Verse 16. And I will ask the Father. That's the condition. If you love me, well, you should keep my commands then, right? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. So Philip here, in the context of the scripture, wanted to see the Father. Jesus is uh, saying he's about to leave. Um, he predicts his betrayal. Uh, he predicts Peter's denial in chapter 13. Um, and... Philip wanted to see the father. Philip wanted the father as proof that Jesus was the son. He wanted to see the father as proof that Jesus was the son. He said that that that, that would be enough for us. In other words, Philip was speaking for the rest of the disciples. He said, show us the father, that'll be enough for us. They were a bit confused by what Jesus was saying because he said he was going away to be with the father, that he was going away to be with his dad, and they did not fully understand what he was talking about. And so they were searching for some form of comfort, some form of assistance, some form of proof that all that they had done and were doing was directly a part of the father's work in the world. Especially since Jesus told them he was leaving them. Context, listen to me. But what they did not know was that Jesus was going to give them so much more than proof. Jesus was going to give them the Holy Spirit. Verse 15 again. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another 
advocate to help you and to be with you and be with you forever. The spirit, he goes on, the spirit of truth. Now, there was an if here. He starts off in verse 15 by saying, I'm going somewhere. If you keep my commands, I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you. Listen to me. We have the Holy Spirit now. Amen. But what I want you to understand is what I want you to write down now or type it up right now is that obedience to Jesus is important to getting help from the Holy Spirit. Obedience to Jesus that if, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Obedience to Jesus is important to getting help from the Holy Spirit. I say that again. Obedience to Jesus is important to getting help from the Holy Spirit because you have to be different from the world. Who, by the way, verse 17, cannot accept him, cannot accept the Holy Spirit, verse 17, because it neither, do you see this, sees him, nor what? Nor knows him. Then Jesus says, but you know him, Philip and the rest of you, for he lives with you and will what? Be with you. So there's this relationship you have with the Holy Spirit because you love Jesus and keep his commands, right? There's a relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit because of the fact you have done that if, if you love him, and I do love him, and you keep his commands. See, we can love Jesus but not keep his commands a good amount of the time. And when we don't keep his commands, make no mistake about it, there is some form of disconnect on our end between us and the spirit of the living God. Listen, the Holy Spirit won't necessarily help us when we are not following the commands of Jesus. How about that? And, and, that's, and that's one of the reasons why God has called me to, 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 to uh, teach uh, a Bible study on the commands of Jesus, because the Holy Spirit won't help necessarily help me, you and I, when we are not following the commands of Jesus. But we know him, it says, for he lives in us. That's the good news. And is in us. Hallelujah. Look at verse 18. Here I go. Come on. For I will not leave you. Do you see verse 18? I will not leave you as what? As orphans. I will come to you. What does that mean? Jesus continues, verse 19, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. Jesus was there for those who believed. Watch this, remember that. Jesus was there for those who what? Who believed, who were disciples, who loved him and kept his commandments. And the Holy Spirit would be there for those who believed, who believed, who loved Jesus. Remember that. Look at verse 20 with me. Verse 20. And it says, on that day, you will realize, are you there with me, that I am in my Father. Hallelujah. On that day. I'm, 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 I'm coming back. And you are in me, and I am in you. For whoever has my commands, there it is again, and keeps them, you keep seeing that, is the one who loves me, right? He just flipped it. If then, 
This is now, if you keep my commands, right? If you have, have my commands and keep them, you love me. That's proof. Somebody say that's proof. The one who loves me will be loved by my father. Got it. If you love the son, if you love the son, you'll be loved by the who? By the father. Come on. And I too will love them and will show myself to who? Remember John 17, not to the world. Come on, that's right. Come on, Shelly. To them, right? Will love them and show myself to them. I love that, to them. Verse 22, the Judas, then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, not the traitor, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Somebody remembers this sermon out of this world. If you haven't, you should listen to it or hear it, right? Why are you going, why do you intend, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus is interesting <laughs> and just powerfully interesting and, 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 and really, this is really important. It's interesting here uh, that Jesus says it's because he doesn't show himself again to the world here. In chapter 14, like I said, and in chapter 17, I preached on a few weeks ago out of this world. Uh, when he prays right before he is arrested, when Jesus prays to the father, he doesn't pray for the world either. Right. He doesn't pray for the world. Instead, Jesus shows himself to his disciples. That's it. And prays for who? His disciples in chapter 17, 14 and 17. This is what he's doing. And why does Jesus do that? Why does Jesus show himself only to his disciples and prays? For his disciples. Verse 23. I'm so glad you asked. Jesus replied. Anyone who loves me. Will obey my teaching. Watch this. There it is again. Anyone who loves me will obey my commands. Anyone, you get the theme here? Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father then will love them. And he will come to them. And make our home. And what? And we will what? Make our home in them. I, on with them. Watch it. Let me say it again because that's so good. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Keep saying that. My father will love them then. And we, we, who's we? Father and son. We, father and son, will come to them, to you. That's talking about you, disciples, and make our home with them. That's some, that's some great stuff right there. Verse 24. Anyone who does not love me See it again? Here it is again, right? He flips it again. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Jesus will only show himself to people who love him. He said it. Jesus will only show himself to people who receive him. It's going somewhere. And remember what Jesus said in verse 9. Verse 9, anyone who has seen, I think it's verse 9, is it verse 9? Anyone, let's see if it's verse 9, make sure I run. Yes, it is, good, I'm going to make sure I'm right. Remember what he says here in verse 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So go back, Jesus will only show himself to people who love him, who receive him. And then he says in verse 9, if you go back, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Somebody got it. And here's the big point here. The son and the father will only make their home in people who love the son. 
the Son and the Father. I'll say it again, Marlo. The Son and the Father. This is only a couple of us. The Son and the Father will only here will only make their home in people who love the Son. The Son and the Father together will only make their home in people who love the Son. But how do they make their home in people? They make their home in people by the Holy Spirit. The Son, they make their home in people by the Holy Spirit. The Son, I'll say it again later, and the Father make their home in people by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enters into the body of the person who loves Jesus. And the triune God further reveals himself to that person. Write this down or type this up. The Father and the Son make their home in me through the Holy Spirit. The Father and the Son, you can declare that today, make their home in me through the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? The Father and the Son make their home in me through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how in tune then are you and I with the Holy Spirit? How in tune are we with the Holy Spirit? Because, write this down, the more in tune you are with the Holy Spirit, the more in tune you are with the triune God. The more in tune you are with the Holy Spirit, the more tune you, in tune you are with the triune God. The more fellowship you have with the Godhead. Verse 26. Verse 26. Look at it. Verse 26. He says, but the advocate. Go back to 25. All this I have spoken while I, while still with you. While I'm still with you. Verse 26. But the advocate. Somebody read with me. But the advocate. Verse 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit. Read it with me. Whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I said to you. When you learn something from the word of God, that is the spirit of truth teaching you. Period. When you learn something from the word of God, that's the spirit of truth teaching you. What the Holy Spirit teaches you then is absolutely critical because in order to prove your love for Jesus, you must obey his teaching. Somebody got it now. I just put it together for you. Let me say it. Go back. When you learn something from the word of God, that is the spirit of truth. Remember, he called himself. He called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth in verse 17. When you learn something from the word of God, that is the spirit of truth teaching you. And what the Holy Spirit teaches you is absolutely critical. Why? Because in order to prove your love for Jesus. Remember all the time he said, if you love me, right? In order to prove your love for Jesus, what the Holy Spirit teaches you is critical. Because if you, in order to prove your love for Jesus, you must obey his teachings. So you must be taught by the Holy Spirit. I want you to get and understand his work and his person. Just look how many times Jesus says, prove it that you love me. Prove it. Look how many times he said, look at verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. Prove it. Jesus says in verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Prove it. Verse 23, 
Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. Verse 24, Jesus says again, anyone who does not love me will not, will not obey my teaching. Now watch this, verse 26. So that's the point, right? Look at verse 26. Actually, 25 with me, then 26. Look at it. All this I have spoken while I am while still with you, read verse 26 with me. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Right? Type. We cannot follow Jesus' teaching without the Holy Spirit teaching it to us. We cannot follow Jesus' teachings without the Holy Spirit teaching it to us. Amen. When we try to understand something without the Holy Spirit, when we try to understand the word of God, come on somebody, without the Holy Spirit, we cannot follow Jesus's teachings without the Holy Spirit teaching it to us. I don't understand, Pastor. Let the Holy Spirit take over. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the Holy Spirit love you. Because the Holy Spirit is the teacher of Scripture. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the teacher of Scripture. And so the Holy Spirit is essential to our lives as disciples, as Christians living in this world. Somebody say he's essential. As my friend and covenant president John Wenrick said, just imagine life without the Holy Spirit. For without the Holy Spirit, there would be no creation. Because the spirit was hovering over the primordial waters in Genesis chapter 1. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no prophecies. Because the prophets spoke while they were being carried along by the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no incarnation. Because the Holy Spirit overshadowed the Virgin Mary, conceiving Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no resurrection. Because the Father and the Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no church. Because the Holy Spirit gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost. Without no, the Holy Spirit, there would be no Christians. Because the Holy Spirit regenerates the dead soul and, the pers and it's the personal agency of Christ himself in a person's life. That's why when Jesus left his disciples, he could say, and behold, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no spiritual gifts because the Spirit is the one who gives gifts to Christ's followers to build up the church. Hallelujah. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no mission. Because the Holy Spirit is a blazing center of our mission, our passion, and our hope. We can only do ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no church planting. 
There would be no New York covenant because the Spirit told the church at Antioch to commission Paul and Barnabas to go and to plant churches. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no Bible. Because the Bible is, the, is God breathed by authors, authors carried along by the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no adoptions of sons and daughters of God. Because it is by the power of the Holy Spirit we cry out, Abba, Father. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no hope because the Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance to come, our salvation. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be finally no revival. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the passion and the fire to know God and to make God known in this world. This, beloved, is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the work. Somebody say, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Imagine, where would we be without the work and the person of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to get toward the end. But both in the beginning of this passage of Scripture and toward the end, Jesus, I want to say one more thing. Both at the beginning and the end, of this passage of scripture toward and toward the end, as I said, beginning in the end, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit an advocate. Hallelujah. Can I teach for a minute? The English word advocate here is the translation of the Greek word paraclete. What is a paraclete? Paraclete comes from the Koine Greek word paracletus. Para, watch this, para. What does para make you think of? Parallel. Para meaning to come alongside, to parallel. Cletus, not your cousin Cletus. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's the elephant in the room. Cletus, <laughs> meaning to call. That's why everybody's calling. Cletus, come on, Cletus, come on. It's always, Cletus is always being called. Come on. That's his name. To call, come on somebody. Para, to come alongside, to parallel. Cletus, meaning to call, watch this. While the Holy Spirit comes alongside you, the paracletus, to be with you, he calls you while he's beside you. Come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's parallel to you. He's right, come on somebody, next to you. But he's got something to tell you. <laughs> he's beckoning you, not from the front or the back, but by the side of you. He's, he wants to lead you while he's beside you. Somebody got it. He doesn't go ahead of you. He comes alongside you while he calls you. He doesn't call you from the front. He doesn't push you from the back. He calls you from beside. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead from behind. He doesn't lead from the front. The Holy Spirit leads from beside. That's a good word. The Holy Spirit leads where? From where? Beside. 
He doesn't lead from behind or in front. He leads. Some of us can learn something who want to disciple other people. You don't lead them necessarily from the front. Tell them what to do. You don't lead them from behind and always be pushing them and getting frustrated with them. Man, and try to figure out why they're not doing what you think that God called him to do. You lead them from beside. The Holy Spirit leads from beside. Translation, that means the Holy Spirit walks with you and talks with you. That means that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He teaches you while he journeys with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the first time this word appears in the entire Bible. Why? Why is this the first time it appears in the entire Bible? Because it is not describing an advocate. It is describing the advocate. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit is the only one who will walk beside you and never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit is the only one who will never tell you wrong. He will always give you top counsel, the best advice. He will call you on to your purpose and he will always tell you the truth. The word paracletus is filled with depth of meaning. Let me say this. The paracletus is the one who both convicts you and comforts you. That's the greatness of that word paracletus. He is one who convicts you and comforts you at the same time. He'll tell you what you are doing wrong, but instead of condemning you, he will comfort you. He will tell you that you're sinning and then he'll tell you that Jesus forgives you and he'll call on you to change that part of your life. He is the spirit of truth. He'll tell you like it is. He'll convict you and comfort you. Can I end with this? Verse 27. Look at it. Gotta put my glasses on. I barely can see. Come on. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. Peace, I what? Jesus is going back to the Bible. Peace, I leave with you. Remember, Philip was always concerned, like, show us a father. Then we'll know that what all we were doing, and, we, and we'll believe you. Show us a father, your relationship with him, and then we'll, we'll believe you, and, and I will feel more at peace when you leave. Right? That's basically the context. So to go all the way down, then you're, that's all the way in verse 15, 16, 17. Now we come all the way to verse 27, and he says, wait, I'm going to answer your question. Peace, I'm going to leave with you. My peace I will give you. Somebody read with me. I do not give to you as the world gives. Stop right there. Do not let your hearts then be troubled. And do not be afraid because I don't give like the world gives. Stop looking to get from the world like everyone else because Jesus does not give to you in the same way the world gives to you. When, when, when we're in need of peace, we are not going to receive peace the way the world receive, receives peace. What does that mean? The peace of God is not going to come from Governor Cuomo's daily press conference. The, that's the way some of the world receives their peace the peace of God as good as they are the peace of God is not going to come from the absolutely dumbest person ever to be president of the United 
state. That's how some of the most ignorant and racist people receive peace. Via detergent injection. What does he say? Do not let your hearts be troubled. <laughs> and do not be afraid. This was a crazy, volatile time for Jesus and his disciples. Their world was unsafe for them at this point. And Jesus is saying, don't worry, I'm done. Because I am leaving you with peace. Don't worry, because I'm giving you peace. And that peace will come from the person and the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. Stand to your feet. Let the church say amen. I got it in there. Amen. We got a short take. Got to make sure it's done. Amen. Think. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We'll get a longer card next week. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. We want to take this time. Amen. I'm sweating, but I'm good. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Who told me to wear a sweater? I did. <laughs> Amen. All right. Praise God. Praise God. And it ain't cold for the preacher, though. They say it's cold in here, y'all. It's cold for the preacher. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We want to invite you to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is what Jesus did for us. He left us the third person in the Godhead. He left us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit replaces Jesus on the earth. We cannot discount the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. If you love Jesus, he's in you. If you've embraced him as your Savior and Lord, he's in you. And guess what? It is through the Holy Spirit, it's by the Holy Spirit, that the Son and the Father make their abode, right? Make their residence in you. Hallelujah. It's a powerful, powerful mystery. Hallelujah. And it's true. If you want the Holy Spirit in you, you have to accept Christ as Savior. Whatever you've been taught before, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? You don't receive the Holy Spirit by getting in tap water and being baptized. It's important to be baptized and, 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 and critical to being baptized. Amen. The thief on the cross was not baptized. Jesus said, today you will be with me in, the, in paradise. But that's not how you receive the Holy Spirit. A preacher like me, an elder, cannot just lay hands on you in order for you to receive the Holy Spirit. I ain't got that much power. The moment you accept Christ, come on somebody, as Lord and Savior of your life, you receive the Holy Spirit. That's what we believe. Amen. That's what we know to be true. And it is true. Someone asked me that periodically through the years. Oh, this and that about the Holy Spirit. And we are not an independent church. We're part of a family of God of the Evangelical Covenant Church. Hallelujah. Let me be clear. 
That's what we believe. If I believed anything else, I need to go find another place to rest New York Covenant. Amen. I pray y'all stay here and let me go be by myself. Because I'd be wrong. Amen, somebody. The moment man can't give you the Holy Spirit, God does. Amen. And you can receive the Holy Spirit now by accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. Won't you accept him wherever you are? It means that we're separated from God because of our sins, because we fall short of his glory. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus, the father, sent the son to the earth and he became our substitute on the cross before just God to pay for our sins past present and future you're accepting Jesus's replacement of you on that cross he paid for it for you because he is God and just as the father is God the son is God and just as the son is God hallelujah the Holy Spirit is God God has never left you God is here the Holy Spirit is present not just within you but in the church universal hallelujah everyone who accepts Christ as Lord and Savior. They can come together. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name. I am there. Not just inside you. He's saying I am there in the midst. That's in the in between. Come on somebody. He's in the church. He's in the fellowship. And we bask in the rays of that fellowship. Because the Holy Spirit is walking beside all of us. The paracletus. Would you accept him today? Somebody bow your heads and if you need to pray to accept him, I want to help you pray that prayer. Pray with me, but you have to believe what you're saying. Dear Lord, I love you. Dear Lord, I need you. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Accept me as your child. I will seek to do your commandments. I will train for righteousness because I love you. Teach me, Holy Spirit, as I move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let the church say amen. 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 If you'd like to join the church,